We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So welcome into McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Appreciate them uh, taking part in this podcast. We're going to be with you in the month of July in large part because while I normally never have a life, Tyler. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This month, I actually kind of have a life. I'm actually doing things this month. I'm going places, seeing people, doing things with people. So 
We're going to be with you weekly in the month of July, and then once we get into August, which is probably fitting because that's when football gets rolling. This is primarily going to be a football show, and when football gets rolling, we're going to be with you twice a week. Our plan is to be with you on Monday and uh, Thursday each week. On Monday, we will obviously recap the games from the weekend ahead, weekend behind, I should say, and then on Thursday – We'll take kind of a uh, gambling perspective on uh, the games ahead. We'll look at some games that we can pick. We'll talk about games. We'll talk about matchups and all that stuff. But we're also going to look at point spreads and what we think are good plays. We're going to compete against one another. We'll come up with some sort of a punishment over the course of a season. I vowed to be better. Last year I sucked. Um, So I had a good year two years ago. I was about 500 last year. So I vowed to be better this year. I'm going 70% this year. 70%. 70%. That's 70%. your goal? All right. Yeah, my, my, goal. My, my goal is going to be 71%. Okay, that's fair. That's that's my goal. That's I'm, fair. I'm going to try to go 71%. We might end up having to pick NFL games to make that happen. But if it does, it does. We both cheer for the same NFL team, so at least we, we have that going yeah, for us. We'll be we'll be happy or sad every week. Well, that is for sure. So before we get rolling, I want to tell you about Rain Total Body Fuel. That's who uh, presents this podcast. Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, and zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. You can check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. I've got the uh, Cherry Limeade going today. It's, it's actually fantastic. I didn't know what to expect because I don't really like fruity flavors. Yeah. I'm a Limeade guy. Like if I go to Sonic, I get Lime okay. Limeade. Right. And because sometimes the fruity flavors overpower a limeade. And if you don't like super fruity flavors, duh, this is fantastic. Yeah, I'm going with the uh, rainbow sherbet today. And I mean, look, it's a new flavor they got out. I've tried them all. So I'm a fan. But I drink one, usually one a day, mid-afternoon, about the right time to get my finish my day, get your mind right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try some different flavors now because I'm, I'm, I'm in. I, I'm I'm normally pretty conservative with flavors on drinks like this, and I'll, I'll, I'll venture out. I'll try some things. It'll get your mind right. It'll help, it'll help your weight loss. You'll be ready to roll. You'll, well, be, you'll it, be rolling, man. It will help the weight loss because it speeds your metabolism. There you go. Has the extra caffeine. There you go. Get you moving. Get you moving. All right, so a little bit of background on us for the people who have not uh, listened to us. This is not going to be an Ole Miss show. We'll talk about Ole Miss because Ole Miss plays football. Uh, Ole Miss plays SEC football, so we will talk about Ole Miss on the show. This is not going to be an Ole Miss show, though. We do lots of Ole Miss shows on the MPW Digital uh, Network. You have uh, Brian Rippey's show, Chase Parham, and I have the Oxford Exxon podcast every morning. Uh, I'll have a show, a couple other shows that we got planned for you that are pretty Ole Miss-based. This one's not going to be. It's going to be more SEC, college football landscape-generated. We're going to talk about stuff. We're going to use a little bit of a combination of my background as a journalist. I covered Auburn for six years as a beat writer. I covered the league as a whole for another, I guess, four years before I came to the Ole Miss beat in 2008, thinking I would be here for two or three years, and 14 years later, here I am. But I feel like I've covered the league as a whole a good bit, so we'll use that knowledge. And then Tyler's, I'll let you tell people where all you've been, but you've coached in the league and outside of the league as well. Yeah, I started as a – as a, I guess it'd be a student assistant, fin- finishing up my undergrad at Troy, uh, then went to Northwestern State, and then got on the train, you know, went to Arkansas State with Steve Roberts, uh, got married, had to get a real job, 
So went to Mobile at St. Paul's Episcopal, and that's where I ran into this guy. Yep. Uh, in Mobile. Uh, so we go back, I don't know how many years now. Been a minute. Well, that was – I was in Mobile starting in 99. I moved there in July of 1999 and was there through March of 2008. Yeah, so I was there April of April of 4 and left uh, February, January of 8 to go back to Arkansas State. Yeah. We left about the same time. We did. Yep. We did. And uh, went to Arkansas State and was there with Steve Roberts again and then ran into this guy named Hugh Freeze, which a couple of people know. Uh, we got a chance to win there and then came to Oxford and uh, was here with Hugh uh, for a year. And then out of the blue, this guy named Nick Saban calls me up. Uh, had to take it. Went to Alabama. Uh, got an endorsement by a binoculars company while I was there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I started to pull some binoculars uh, out for you, and you could, I love you could put it. them I mean, on. Shit. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, we've talked about that. I mean, it is what it is. But then I uh, uh, wanted to get back on the field, went to South Alabama for a few years, um, and then when uh, Matt got the job here at Ole Miss, Matt and I are real good friends, obviously, uh, wanted me to come back and kind of start what we did at Alabama here. Um, we did that for a year, and then somebody feeds in the end zone, and here I'm sitting doing podcasts with you. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> How about that? Okay, no. and you're doing more than just that because yeah, you've no. you've actually built an incredible business that has allowed you to utilize all the contacts you have, probably build more contacts. You probably know more people in coaching today than you did when you were in coaching. It's kind of funny. You know, you, you coach all this time to build your network and do things like that, and I've started this business, and my network is probably three times as big as it was when I was actually coaching. Sure. Um, because, you know, we – uh, company, our schools use our company uh, for the recruiting software and database, and organiz- it's really an organizational tool um, for those guys, and it's just a way for them to be more organized, and it's something I've had an idea for like seven years, eight years before I started it. Uh, knew that if I ever got out of it, that's what I wanted to do, um, so I was able to do that uh, during the pandemic, kind of like everybody gets the aha moment, and had a choice, had a crossroads. I won't mention the school, but you know privately. I do. Uh, had a chance to go to another SEC school. Thank God I didn't because that would have been a travesty, but I didn't. Um, and so uh, started this deal, and I'm able to be a dad again. You know, business is going great. Uh, added another school this morning. Uh, guess what is the Big 12 or what's the Big 12 going to be? <laughs> I guess. I don't know uh, what conference they're going to be yeah, in. Someone could say, how many conferences do you – yeah. I'm not sure anymore. Yeah, I don't even yeah, know. We'll, and we'll get to that in a second, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I added another one this morning. And uh, so it's been it's been going great, man. They uh, got a little vacation time, fresh off vacation. Uh, pickled my liver while I was there. Drank, uh, my wife's going to be really excited I said that. Uh, but, yeah, we're we're going great. All right, so let's dive in. Because the topic this week, obviously, I'm a little surprised. I was talking to someone in a conference office today, I won't name conferences, who said, you know, I don't think this Pac-12 thing with USC and UCLA and the Big Ten was supposed to get out. This is what's interesting. He said, I don't think they wanted it out yet. I don't think they had finalized some things. Now, it's done, and it's real. It's, it's, don't get me wrong. There's no backtracking. He said, I don't think it was supposed to come out yet. I think it was supposed to be kind of a media day's <laughs> splash, and it didn't make it. And he said, you know, what's interesting is uh, these leaks happen on purpose. 100%. And so you see some of the stuff that's leaking out now, and it's all over the place, and you don't know what's real and what's not. I've been amused today. There was a leak by a guy that I did not follow 
before today. You sent it to me. Um, let me find it. I don't follow him. I just it was on my feed. Yeah, you sent it to me, and I had not seen the guy before. A guy named Braden Keith. Yep. Who now has? Let's see how many followers Mr. Mr. Keith has. Six thousand three hundred and fourteen followers. He says, source, North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, and Virginia are all negotiating to join the SEC. ESPN is trying to void, he said there, it should be its, its TV deal with the ACC. I, I, I correct grammar on the fly. I can't help it. Um, you know, it's interesting because you sent that to me and I said, wow. And I started looking around, talking to some people because I haven't heard that. In that in that in that entirety. Now, I'm not about to question Braden Keith. I don't know. I mean, I, he might be wrong. He might be right. I don't know him. I've never heard of him before today. I have no idea. I'm not going to disparage his name. He, uh, I love. This is what I love, and I'm cheering for him. He is the co-founder and editor in chief of Swim Swam News, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm cheering for him. He better be right. I'm cheering for him. Because certain national journalists started picking on him. And you go back, you go back and look in April, and I can't remember who it was, but it was kind of a random guy. I'll find him. I'll tell you who it was. Sliced bread? It wasn't sliced bread, who I'd love to know who sliced bread is, by the way. Uh, I'm trying to get to me and look at the people I follow because I followed this guy. Guy named MHVER3. Okay. Okay. On April the 18th. That doesn't sound like a troll account. On April the 18th, because you don't know who's behind these accounts. On April the 18th, he tweets. April the 18th. Not June 18th. Right. April 18th, he tweets. Fox Sports advising the Big Ten to expand. And USC and UCLA are the prime candidates being eyed, as I told you six plus months ago. How big will they go? He knows somebody. He knows somebody. So I, I, I was talking to someone again today, and I said, you know, these leaks are intentional. You never know who's leaking. And so, like, some of the national media has pushed back today. Pat Forty's pushed back, for example. And so now I'm cheering for our guy with Swim Swam News to be 1,000% <laughs> right. And yet I don't think he is. I think he's partially right. I do think that there's something going on with the ACC. I do think ESPN wants – the SEC to become a super conference now, even more than it already is with Texas and Oklahoma joining in a, in a couple of years or less. Um, but I continue to hear the same things. So I'm going to get into your, yeah. what you're hearing because you're talking to a lot of people too. Here's what I hear. I hear that the SEC badly, badly, badly wants North Carolina. People can get into why Correct. or should they or should they not. They do. That's accurate. The fact is they do. 100%. They want North Carolina so badly that if they have to attach a couple of schools to North Carolina to get North Carolina to acquiesce and join the SEC and not wait on the Big Ten, they'll do it. Now, who are those schools? What I'd heard was Virginia and Duke all day yesterday, Virginia and Duke. And I know that a few years ago when the SEC was trying to make the big move, the goal wasn't Texas A&M and Missouri. Correct. The goal was Texas, Oklahoma, North Carolina, and Virginia, and they were going from 12 to 16 and go flex our muscles, here we go. Correct. That didn't happen. Texas got the Longhorn Network. Oklahoma stuck with Texas. Sure. And so they said, all right, well, we'll take Texas A&M, and we'll take, uh, I don't know, Missouri. And they took Missouri, and they took Texas A&M, and it's worked out 
for everybody. A and M's been a perfect fit. Missouri is Missouri. Missouri. But Missouri's happy with where they are, I think. I mean, they've made a ton of money, and they've raised their profile immensely. And at the beginning of their time in the SEC, they were pretty damn good. They, yeah, were, they were a win over Auburn away from playing for the national we, title. When I was at Alabama, that's what we played in the SEC championship game. Yeah. So, I don't know about the other. Here's the part I can tell you. I've consistently heard, and I'm not, this doesn't mean I'm right. I'm going to freely tell you that I don't know that I'm right on this because you can talk to different people and hear different things. I consistently hear, though, that the SEC is not particularly interested in Florida State. And then I hear different things on Clemson. But if you put a gun to my head and made me kind of bet which way I would go, I think I would cautiously, with my eyes closed, after having written my will, go, no, they don't take Clemson. And yet, I don't know who they take, because you don't take three, you'll take four. You're going to take an even number. I'm rambling here. So what do you hear about the ACC? And mine's coming from coaching circles, right? So, I mean... (laughs) <laughs> they're on vacation drinking beer right now. So I don't know how much of it is intoxicated base or not, right? But from what I'm hearing is North Carolina North Carolina has been in every scenario I've ever heard. So North Carolina, I would say, is the, is the number one team everybody talks about. I have heard Clemson. I've heard Florida State. Now, from the coaching circles, I've heard Miami. Yeah. Not from anywhere else. I've heard Virginia from everywhere else. Inside the coaching circles, I haven't heard anything about Virginia, which I don't know. They're going to add four. As long as they don't, in my opinion, the SEC or the Big Ten, this thing has to stay within a geographical footprint. It really does. I mean, we're sitting here expanding and going all over the place. And at the end of the day, we got to go back to why conferences started in the beginning, you know, back 100,000 years ago. Sure. And everything's – and I get it. But when I see something, I always think down the road, well, football is going to be fine. You're going to get on a plane. You're going to fly to Oregon or you're going to fly to L.A. or whatever you're going to do, and you're going to play your game and you're going to come home. But the problem is is, is when, you know, baseball has to get on the damn bus, get on a plane and go out in the middle of the week, has to go to, to L.A. to go play somebody. I mean, we're, this is getting ridiculous as far as the other sports travel. Sure. And you got to look and see – is the money worth it? And that's something you and I have talked about, but is the money worth it? Because you're going to have to increase your budget, travel budget. So is the juice worth the squeeze? You know what I'm saying? We're in talking the other about sports. a lot of juice coming in. A lot this, of juice. A lot of juice in this TV deal. A lot of juice. I mean, Tyler, people are talking about the Big Ten schools and the SEC schools when these new deals kick in in 24 and 25. We're talking about people projecting a hundred and twenty five million dollars per school. Oh yeah, there's gonna be it's gonna be dumb money wherever they go, but I'm just saying from the SEC's perspective, the SEC's gonna get whatever they're gonna get. Sure. I mean if they add Virginia or they add Miami, it doesn't matter. They're still gonna get the same amount of money. And so what I'm saying is from a geographical footprint, when you're the SEC, you need to be and in other conferences too, you need to be thinking about I mean, that's significant travel. That's that's going to be – nobody wants to get on – like there's a saying in coaching, planes don't fly west. All right, I won't tell you who said that. He's not listening today, but planes don't fly west. All right, and when you go and you start expanding and you're you're the basketball team, go ask West Virginia how they like being in the Big 12 because I know. Talk they, to anybody at West it. Virginia. They hate it. They hate it. They hate it because there's no – every time they go play someone, they have to get on a plane. That's expensive. And they fly west a lot. They fly west a lot. Yeah. I mean, a lot, lot. And that's very expensive for a university to every single time you play at a road game that you're on a plane. 
And I'm not saying that, you know, in football, again, it's going to be fine. This isn't a football problem. This is a, a women's tennis problem. This is a baseball problem. This is a basketball problem. This isn't another sports problem. But from a budget standpoint, that's, that's where, you know, they probably need to do a little bit more thinking before they just start, you know, shooting fish in a barrel. So here's the other part of what everyone's waiting on. This is what is this is the chess that's going on now. Um, for the Pac-12, not sorry, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, that was a coup landing USC and UCLA. I, I'll I'll freely tell you, a year ago, when Texas and OU joined the SEC, or when the news broke that they were going to join the SEC, I consistently heard from people who would know, "Hey, watch the SEC and USC." Watch the SEC and USC. Watch the SEC and USC plus someone. And the rumor was probably Arizona State. That was the other team. Good market. Because UCLA, yeah, it was markets. Get the Los Angeles market, which is, I think, the second market in the country, and get the Phoenix market, which is the number nine market in the country. Uh, I didn't hear about UCLA. Honestly, what I've heard about UCLA, and it was backed up in a Los Angeles Times story this week, which was they were bleeding money at UCLA and are, as of this moment, bleeding money to the point that they were on the verge of having to cancel a lot of sports, a lot of their Olympic sports. So UCLA did the smart thing, swallowed their pride, went to USC and said, can we latch on? And they did, and, and they went to the Big Ten quietly and told the Big Ten, hey, we're leaving the, the Pac-12. We're, we, we're going to leave. This is not, we're, this is not an experiment. We're leaving. Do you want us? And the Big Ten, which was kind of not exactly prepared to launch this, had a choice. Well, we can either do it or those guys are going to call the SEC. And if they call the SEC, the SEC is going to say yes. Because the SEC was going to say yes to USC. I'm going I'm, to tell you that now. I'm glad they called the Big Ten first. So they called the Big Ten. And so now the Big Ten is waiting on Notre Dame. I hear this from enough people to believe it to be gospel. They're now waiting on Notre Dame, and Notre Dame has a window here where I think their deal with NBC goes through the 2024 season. That's correct. And so they haven't renewed it. But they can negotiate. They can. They can negotiate. And Notre Dame is is the one school in here that's perfectly safe because if things fell apart with NBC, they call the Big Ten and go, we're in. Big Ten goes, awesome. And in the event that the Big Ten said no, and that's not going to happen, they call the SEC and Greg Sankey crawls on his knees to South Bend and and offers them an invitation. So they're going to be fine. But they want to know Notre Dame's plan before they decide how far they go. Well, that creates a window here when their inaction allows for action. And if you want to strike while you have the potential to strike, now's the time. And anybody who's ever followed – the people at the top of the SEC know that they're not the type to sit back and react. No, they're going to be proactive. They're always going to be proactive. So this is a proactive window that has been opened this week. And if you're interested in adding North Carolina, and the SEC is, well, now's the time. Now's the time to go for it. And then, so you've got, and I know I'm rambling here, I'm trying to kind of set the, the stage for how this, how this is all playing out. The only thing stopping North Carolina from going peace out to go wherever is that grant of rights and that's why i wonder if our boy at swim swam might be on to something because the path out of that is to somehow the tv contract espn goes to the acc and goes so here's the deal you guys as an entity aren't going to make it we get it 
But those of you who are left behind are going to want a TV deal. And if you want one, now's the time to negotiate one. Let's break our deal. Let's renegotiate a new deal. Let's figure out what the landscape is. And obviously, when you break the deal, that lets the schools that are bolting, bolt. So, and this is something I had just written down because you were talking about this. Everybody wants to say, you know, hey, the ACC's locked in, this and that, or there's a penalty. I think this is going to open up Texas and Oklahoma coming earlier. I think this is going to open up anything. I do too. Because here's the deal. You're either going, you know, whatever the buyout is, okay, whatever your get out of the conference, you know, free number is that you have to pay. You either are paying now or you're really going to pay later. Yes. And so you can go, oh, man, we got $75 million uh, penalty to pay. You're either paying $75 million now and going to collect in your $100 million check, or you're going to not pay your seventy five now, save it, and you're going to pick up your $10 million check yearly from the new conference that you're aligned in. So the time is now. Yes. And, and look, and we, we've talked about this on here before with a portal, and, well, not really the portal, but immediate eligibility and NIL and things like that. But for me, I think a big part, and I don't know, I haven't seen anybody, maybe I'm wrong, I think a big part of this driving concept here, you know, making these super conferences and making these big TV deals is they know if I make a super conference, I'm going to get a really big ass TV deal. Yeah. Now the universities are going to get this money because I think the money that is going back to what you and I've talked about for a year now is the money is starting to dry up from the boosters. And so they're going to be able to take care of the NIL and they're going to be able to get more revenue in from the TV deal. And they're going to be able to offset those NIL costs. I think NIL is actually driving these new, t- you know, get super conferences, get new TV deals. Now SEC goes from 50 to 100 million. So now I can take that money that's supposed to be going to the university, okay, and I'm getting that in a TV deal. The money that, that feeds the rest of the budget, that pays for volleyball and track and Correct. field and all of those things. I think NIL is driving this conference realignment more than, you know, that's why they need the new TV deals. Oh, it's interesting. I'll be honest. I was today years old when I thought about that. Yeah. So, well, I, I can't sit here and say I came up with that one. I had uh, two separate head coaches, FBS head coaches, brought that up to me, and I wasn't aware of it. So what are the coaches – we're going to get back into what I think is coming and how it's coming. I, I, people ask me – I've been asked a couple times today, hey, when's this happening? And here's the honest answer. I have no idea. But I'll tell you how imminent I think it could be, and I'll stress could be. Underline that, put it in italics, bold it, could be. I could be dead wrong. Hell, I don't know. It might take a year. <laughs> I mean, these are big things. I mean, moving a conference is a big thing. It doesn't tip, you know, it's not a, you don't make a phone call at eight o'clock and say, hey, Joe, what do you think about joining the SEC? Oh, that's a great idea, Bob. Let's do it. It's a little more complicated than that. But I'll give you an example. I'm taping with Ryan Brown tomorrow for the Oxford. I'm going out of town next Wednesday. I'll be gone uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week. Can I go with you? Um, I know where you're going. You Can I could. Go with you? Yeah, it'd be fun. Um <laughs> Might be trouble, but definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm taping with Ryan Brown tomorrow for Wednesday's Oxford Exxon podcast. So five days. It's a five day lead. We're talking big picture stuff, SEC media days, preview stuff like that. I'm actually nervous about it. And the reason I'm nervous is I'm so nervous about doing a one hour interview with Ryan Brown, who's great, and 30 minutes of it is obsolete by Tuesday. <laughs> Oh, it's going. I, I mean, you, I, you can't win. You can't win. So we're we're going to do it, and I'm I'm like antsy about it, and I don't want to skip the topic and just go troll you, and just go yeah, <laughs> and just go hey, so Ryan, tell me what you think about Kentucky. What are the storylines around the Wildcats? And I don't want to do that because 
that that that's then then you skip the topic because the topic is what's going to happen with these leagues. I mean, the SEC media day starts a week from this coming Monday in Atlanta, and uh, you know, uh, Greg, there's only one interview that counts in that whole deal. The, the one, and it's the first one. Greg Sankey's going to take the the mic at about one o'clock on on that Monday, and people are going to be glued in. Over under on how many NIL questions that the head coaches get from the media. NIL, oh, God, I mean, tons. it's going to be the, tons. You're going to have Greg Sankey that's going to get asked about conference realignment for four hours, and then every single coach is going to be, hey, what do you think about the collectives at NIL? And that's what the whole that's what the whole freaking – it's going to be an NIL uh, press conference. I agree with you. I think it's going to be the coaches are going to stand up there and they're going to filibuster and talk about their team and what's coming back at running back, quarterback and stuff, and then the first question is going to be about NIL. It's going to be about conference realignment. Uh, it's going to be about more NIL. But Sankey's appearance, what he says and what he doesn't say and how he says it and how he answers or doesn't answer the questions that he's going to get is going to be the most fascinating thing. And But honestly, like we're sitting here today, 11 days out from the start of that, and I don't know whether the, how, how different is the landscape on July the 18th. Is it from July the 7th? And I don't know the answer to that. It could be crazy, but here's what I hear. It'll be real different. I hear it could be really different. That it, this thing could go really fast. I don't think this is going one. And, and you talked about it earlier with stuff leaking in today's world. You know, and for the people that don't know, and I've been on here a couple of times with you, but you know, one thing I always uh, and admired and respected about you when I was working and you were in in the media part is you were always fair. Uh, you were always and you know you always made sure you found out the truth and this and you reported try to report facts. And you were fair. I tried. Yeah. You tried. Yeah. But <clears throat> where now in today's world, it's like, hey, look, this is what I'm hearing. Sources say, yeah. and everybody wants to get clicks. It only takes one person, and there's too many people that know, right? And when I say about too many people, there's too many people in the SEC office that know, and they're going to tell little Johnny's dad at the baseball game that's going to tell sliced bread, and here we go. And it's going to be on social media. But there's, there's going to be something. I would go ahead and say they need to go ahead and, and be, again, hit it it ahead of time they need to go ahead and make an announcement or whatever they're going to do at the media days i don't know if it's going to last that long i don't know if you can keep sliced bread off twitter that long well no i i look something as big as north carolina joining the sec there's too many people that know too many people that frankly the people at usc and ucla should be really proud of themselves that this state as quiet as it did is an accomplishment well, i mean it tells you that, moved out of california there's nobody left to tell. <laughs> <laughs> let the record show that he had the first dig i, I had the first I mean. dig well hey all kidding aside that's why stuff needs to needs to be regionally you don't want to get into a conference meeting with and have to play politics inside conference meetings you know what i mean you don't it needs to be when i say you need to be local and that's another reason but well you know what's there. funny about that is what came out the other day when the news broke about usc and ucla i had just landed in houston to visit my brother and I texted a few people, and what I got back was the SEC was not aware it was happening, and the SEC knew that this probably created a a path towards more expansion. I kept hearing, and I've heard this for a while, that the SEC is probably never going to play a year with 16 teams. It's probably never going to happen. I agree with that. Um, and there have been hints to that, too, if you think about it. Uh, at 
back in the spring. People, How'd that scheduling thing? How'd that work out? Well, remember that like people did all that scheduling stuff, and they would ask the league about it, and the league was like, "Eh, well, I mean, you know, it, it, yeah, we could do something, whatever." It was kind of a nah, whatever, which is not exactly the way that Greg Sankey and that organization work. They're they're pretty they're pretty buttoned up, get it done stuff. They're pretty serious, you know. I mean, um. And like even at the spring meetings in Destin, when they were doing the seven one or six three, there wasn't any urgency. And they went in there and they had the meetings and they let all the coaches talk and they kind of took a little straw poll and whatever. But there was no urgency at all. There was not a moment where Sankey sat down with the coaches and went, Listen, guys, we gotta get this done. Okay. Everybody's not gonna be happy. Some of you aren't gonna like six three, but it is what it is. That's what we're going to do. So we're all everyone's going to vote yes today on 6-3, and we're going to get this done because we've got to launch the schedule. We've got to get this done. That didn't happen. And the fact that it didn't happen told me, knowing the league and knowing how they operate, it told me, oh, they're not worried about this because it's never going to happen. They're not worried about a 16-team schedule because there's never going to be a 16-team league. By the time Texas and Oklahoma join and start playing, and I think that's going to be 2024, personally. When Will that be two years from now? Yeah, not this year, not I'm next year. but 24 minus 22, okay. I think, it's, I think they play in the 2024 season. That's my guess. I think that's, that's probably the safest bet if it's not before then. Yeah, I don't think it'll be next year. I think next year is going to be one more transition year, but who knows? I don't put anything past anybody at this Who time. knows? But anyway, I don't think it's ever going to be 16. And if it is 16 teams, it's next year. It's not it's it's not 2024, it's not 2025. I think they go I think clearly expansions coming and you see it and yeah, I mean the fact that there was never any urgency from them told me something was coming and then this happens. And then what I heard was the SEC had the desire to have cultural fits. Cultural fits was the word. And at first when I heard that I was like this is just jargon. And then the more no. I thought about it, the more I thought no. This there there there's that's why they're not going to go out west. They're not going to add um, Oregon and Washington, even though I think today they could make that call and oh. make it happen. Oregon and Washington would from jump. A, yeah, from a from a athletics perspective, I think. I mean, even from a money's perspective, it's awesome. You know, again, I've said it a hundred times: planes don't fly west, right? But I think the biggest thing is, like you're saying, if you go into a meeting, all right, let's take let's take our favorite period of time there two years ago, and you're talking about trying to play. Well, you're going to have two schools that aren't playing. I mean, how do you have a right? You, you need to be unified. It's a great point. You know what I mean? Like you it's can't. A great point. You can't go because now, and this is how it works. You go in and you're in a you're in a conference meeting, and you got two universities, and it's really presidents that say, "Hey, we're not playing." Right. We can't do this. We can't do this. Right. It's a great point. All right. Well, now the rest of the SEC can't play either. It's a great point. And so. Again, do I think we're going to have to do all that stuff again? No, but you never know. But at this point, you now have to at least you have if to think about you it. You have to think about it. You have to prepare. You know, you yeah. have to be. You know, again, it's a, it's kind of like the uh, doomsday scenario. You don't. You know, you never know. Well, in, in the seriousness, the president of the United States not that long ago referred to the next pandemic. You know, and I'm sure that was for him a political comment. He also if, fell off of a bike. <laughs> I mean, come on. But if you're, but if you're in, if you're in the office of the commissioner of the SEC, and it is your job to be the steward for the league, not just for now, but for down the road, you do have to say, okay, well, if there's something like that were to ever happen again, it's clearly happened once. If it ever were to happen again, we've we've got to have a plan. And you're right, you would not want to add member institutions that tend to be so. 
um, reactive that they would do what the Big Ten did, what the Pac-12 did, which was, hey, we're not going to play this year. And ultimately, they they ultimately played, but they only played because the SEC played, and the SEC and the ACC and the Big Twelve, to their everlasting credit, jumped in with the SEC and played. And then the Sun Belt were like, "Well, we're playing." And before you know it, there was enough of a consortium to play that they played. Yeah, they played like six games just because they didn't want to be left out. But that's where you look in the ACC and the schools that are the cultural fits. The schools that are the cultural fits for the SEC are Virginia Tech, North Carolina State. Clemson, Florida State, those are the schools that strike me immediately as the ones that are cultural fits, yet those are not the ones that the SEC wants. They want the big flagship schools with the massive endowments, with the huge alumni bases. That's North Carolina, and that's Virginia. Uh, You would enhance your academic reputation, which absolutely matters. Probably shouldn't, but it does. Um, I'm not going to say that. And that's where, you know, and that's where the, the, the rumor about Duke being a part of it. Do you take Duke? Well, Duke adds nothing to your football product. They add a lot to your basketball product. Yeah. They add a lot to your um, academic reputation. So I don't, I don't know where it all goes. But let me ask this. The one thing that's obvious is the Pac-12 is going to break up. What happens, in your opinion, from what you're hearing, what happens with those other Pac-12 schools that now are kind of like, hey, we, we got to scramble. So here, here's my deal, and I, it's a simple math problem, right? And I, we actually counted them up today. There's roughly, and you got your Power 5 schools, and some of those are, you know, if, as of today before we get all this expansion. But you roughly have about 75 schools that can afford to run a Power 5 budget. Okay. Okay, so that's the Power Five as you know it now, plus about ten schools. You can throw in, uh, you know, UCF who's going, Houston who's going. You can even throw in Memphis. I think they can afford it. Liberty, Liberty for sure. Mm-hmm. SMU, uh, Boise, some teams like that, right? Sure. But we're going all these twenty team super conferences, right? So by simple math, you can't have five. Ten, you can't have five conferences. So somebody's dying. Somebody, somebody, either the ACC. Or the Pac-12 because, and you kind of alluded to it a minute ago, one year ago, as we sat here 12 months ago, the Big 12 was dead man walking. They didn't even get invited to the, like, the fun talk. They were just kind of like, you know, they were like the, the everybody, the guy that got left behind. They were the third wheel. Well, they woke up and, and they should send a Christmas card to USC and UCLA every year. Every single year. By that move going, they were mm-hmm. like, we're back. And they are. And they are. And they're, hey, hey, Arizona, you need a place to go? Hey, Arizona State, you need a place to go. Hey, Colorado, you need a place to go. Hey, Utah, Utah you mm-hmm. need a place to go. And if you look geographically, not only is that, hey, we got Texas Tech sitting right down there. Baylor. It's a Baylor. It's Kansas. a fit Because they have to protect. Look, they don't have many, many, uh, what's the right word, assets left. They got to protect them. And right now, Baylor's an asset. Kansas is an asset in basketball. Yeah. They, they need to protect those assets, and now geographically they can do that. So they go, they go take them, and now you're looking up, and I know we talked about it, and there's been some reports, and I've heard this a few times about this Pac-12 ACC merger plan. Terrible idea. It, it doesn't work. Terrible you idea. You can do it, but it, but it, it's like drawing up a, a football play on the thing where it's like, okay, so what we're going to do here is we're going to toss it to the tailback, and we're going to reverse, and we're going to reverse, and then we're going to fake reverse, and then we're going to toss it back, and then you're going to throw it. 
Okay, yeah, that looks awesome. It works great on the board. It works great on the board. And then you put it in paper and it just takes one person to mishandle it or someone miss a block and it's a disaster. And you're like, why the hell did we do that? That's that's what that plan is. It doesn't make any sense. I'm with you. The Big 12 comes out of this. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they lose Texas and Oklahoma. At worst, they're the third best. That's well, probably and, where they'll fit. That's where they'll end And they're up. a really solid number three. That's, solid. That's not a bad league now. No. It's not great. But, but you, you can you can get TV rights on that. So here's the question I have for you, because I've heard this a couple of times, and this is back to the inaction thing with the Big Ten going, we just got to wait on Notre Dame. For whatever reason, they're obsessed with waiting on Notre Dame. Notre Dame is going to the Big Ten. I don't know why we're waiting on this. They're going. Everybody knows it. Let's go. If I'm the Big 12, I'm going to Oregon and Washington right now and saying, hey, we will make you the bell cows of our league. We will make you the stars of our league. That's where they'll end up. We're going to make you the sexy ones in our league. We're going to put you up front in, in every routine. We're gonna, you're going to be in the – my daughter was in dance. You have to work. You have to be the best dancer to be front center, you know. <laughs> you, you know, like you, 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 the one that they put in the back on the left is either the freshman or she's the one that's just not very good. Or maybe she's the one that's got a few pounds on that she doesn't need to have. The one – the, the best-looking one who's the best dancer – who can nail the routine, who's going to get most of the eyeballs, they put her front center. And there's a reason. Because that person, you can, you can only, if there's 20 dancers, you can't watch all 20 at once. No. And so you want the eyeballs on the ones that are good. Are we talking about Washington and Oregon again? Yeah. Okay. And so you tell Oregon, hey, we're going to put you front and center every dance right off the top. Right off the top. You don't even have to earn it in tryouts. We're going to put you front center, number one. Because the Big Ten's going to go to Oregon and go, hey, look, if we let you in, you're starting back left. And you might stay back left for a long time. Like, you want to get front center, you're going to have to, like, you're going to have to really change. And Washington, you're never getting on the front row. Never. And I think the Big 12 would be smart to go, hey, Oregon, Washington, we're going to give you these two spots right here. And really, no matter what happens, no matter how fat you get, no matter how much you just don't learn these routines, you're going to stay right here. You're going to be our – and if I'm Oregon and Washington, I think about that, and that might help them get a more attractive TV deal. No, it, for sure, <clears throat> because like it or not, Oregon and – I mean, USC is in that, you know, L.A. market, and they, you know, everybody's like, well, the people are not interested. They don't show up to games. Well, they watch TV, and that's obviously a big market. But they – the Big 12, if they go get, you know, Washington and Oregon, they command a massive – I mean, they got three states locked up over there. And, and they, they will control that market. I think it's going to be great. I think that's where they end up. Do you see – I don't. I, th- I think they end up in the Big 12. I think they end up in the Big 10. Is there, I mean, how many teams are they going to have? 65? They're going to have the whole power well, five they got in the Big 16 10? 16 now. If they add Notre Dame, Oregon, and Washington, that puts them at 19. And then I think they add somebody in the east. My guess well, would be Virginia Tech. Okay, well, here's, here's the other thing. That's I mean, a 20-team pretty, pretty damn good league. you got a whole slew of people over there in the ACC they can go pick, pick from to help their footprint. Does footprint matter anymore? I mean, it at, should. At this, but at this point, you've got, you've got Rutgers all the way in New York, and you've got USC and UCLA and LA. Your footprint's like all over the freaking place. So I mean, Big Ten apparently doesn't give a shit. I mean, we, we, we've learned <laughs> I mean, you could go add Georgia Tech if you wanted yeah, to get I, into the South. I mean, whatever you want to do. You could add Clemson if the SEC goes, no, we don't want Clemson. They I do. mean, you think they do? They do. So you think the SEC wants what four teams? I think, again, 
I feel comfortable about three of them. The fourth one, I, I've heard two. I've heard from two people I trust, two okay. different teams. Okay? All right, all right. I've, the constants I'm hearing is Florida State, North Carolina, Clemson. Okay, those are the constants. All right, agree. I mean, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I'll freely tell I, you. I really, I don't either. I, I'll tell you that I could be dead wrong on Florida State. You know, I was dead ass wrong on Arch Manning about two weeks ago. I told you that. You, were, you said he's going to Georgia, and I'm like, Tyler, I don't. That think was the greatest so. thing of all time. But I'll tell you, we'll talk about that Tuesday. Yeah. All right, but. At the end, and I admit it, I'll tell you when I don't know, but when I'm being told from two people that should know okay, two different things, and, and Virginia was one and Miami was the other. Okay. From two people that should know. If you told me that it was those three and either Virginia or Miami, based on what I know. Boy, I want Miami, though, just from a uh, – But I'd bet on Virginia I know, big time. I want to see Miami in the SEC with that NIL money. Just see them just piss everybody off. That's what I really want to see. They've got tons of it. they got plenty. What they don't have, though, and I know the SEC is concerned about this. The SEC is scared of, because they all have one of these already, they have a team in a metropolitan area that draws peanuts. Until and, probably this year. To my Vanderbilt? Oh, I thought you were talking about. They don't want to run the risk of having another empty stadium. And Miami's hard to get to. Like, you know, you, if you, you, you tell Miami, hey, you're going to be playing Texas this week. You're playing Oklahoma this week. Yeah, there will be fans that go, but they won't go in mass. It's not like what you have if, you know, Ole Miss is good, for example, and Ole Miss plays in Knoxville. The town empties out. The state empties out. Everybody goes, right? Or if Auburn's really good, Auburn brings everybody to Mississippi State for a game. Everybody goes to LSU for a game. Why? It's a party. It's a carnival. But it's easy to get there. It's a drive. You're not driving. You're not driving from Oxford, Mississippi to Miami, Florida for a Saturday game. There's only so many people who can afford to fly. That'd be a fun trip, though. It would be, but you understand my point. I do. As opposed to if Ole Miss is good, for example, and Ole Miss plays at LSU, Ole Miss is going to sell every single ticket. If Auburn is good and Auburn plays at LSU, Auburn's going to sell every single ticket. If Auburn is good and it plays at Florida, Auburn's going to sell every single road ticket. That stadium's going to sound like an SEC stadium. It's going to look like an SEC stadium. If Miami can't draw and they haven't for the last few years if they can't draw the league's a little the league doesn't like the look and the sound of an empty stadium it's the reason why everybody's pissed off at Vanderbilt because you watch you watch a Vanderbilt game right now and it doesn't look or I'm not talking about the product on the field right I'm talking about the aesthetics of the product doesn't look or sound like an SEC football game so and I know we talked about this before but I think Miami is going to win I think they're going to be a good football team. I think they're going to be good this year. I think they got one of the best quarterbacks coming back. They always support a winner. Yep. And I think they got one of their own, you know, with Mario being the head coach. Um, I think the fans are kind of fired up that they actually – I think some of the frustration with Miami fans where they, you know, they wasn't getting the financial support before this last regime. And I think the fan base is kind of, you know, got a little juice and going to come back a little bit. But at the same time, I mean – I would just like to see it because they're spending SEC money. And I like to see I want I'd like to see my man Mario and Kevin Steele get after they're at somebody's ass in the SEC. That'd be fun. Well, they're certainly recruiting those kind of players. Let me ask you this. They're getting dudes. You coached at South Alabama. You know people at programs like that all over the country. A lot of them are clients of yours now. How how concerned are they about you know, you and I were talking about this earlier today. If I'm ESPN if I'm Fox, and you say to me, hey, let's just take, let's, let's say you're right. 
let's just say the SEC, you're going to add, let's say it's Virginia, Clemson, North Carolina, and Florida State. Whatever. 20. You're going to make it 20. So you're telling the SEC, hey, you guys, um, you're going to cut four more pieces of pie. Big pieces. The same size piece that you're giving to Texas and Oklahoma, and you're going to give those to those four schools, in addition to what you're giving to Auburn and Alabama and Georgia and Tennessee and Missouri and Arkansas and Ole Miss and Kentucky and whatever. I'm not going to name the whole league, but just named half of it. That's pretty impressive. In return, they're going to go, okay, but now look, we want a little something back, right? I mean, the people at Rain sponsor our show. In return, they're like, hey, talk about our product. And by the way, I'm really enjoying the cherry limeade. It's very good. I'm already done. Well, no wonder you're kind of I got I got some juice. Juicing. In return, they're going to want something back. The same with Fox. When they dish out this massive contract to the Big Ten and they pay all these schools, they're going to say, hey, let me tell you what I think. And you tell me if I'm wrong. I think they're going to tell them, hey, look, tell you what we don't want. Because the SEC is streaming. Let me tell you what we, what we don't want. Really don't want that game, Alabama, when you play Mercer. Really not interested in that game because we can't market that game. It's 42 to nothing at the half. Everybody leaves with the exception of the Alabama fans, and that's not what we're in for. Hey, Ole Miss, that Central Arkansas game, we're not interested. Hey, Auburn, that game against Alabama State, <laughs> no. We don't want that. Hey, Iowa, that game against Wesleyan or Presbyterian or whatever, no, no, no. We want you to play more against each other. Maybe we'll have a weekend where the SEC and the Big Ten have a big old-fashioned party and half of you go there and half of you come here and we'll make it like they do in basketball with the Big 12 SEC Challenge or whatever. Well, when that happens, and I do think it does, and when the SEC and, and, and the Big Ten go from eight conference games to nine or ten conference games, you lose a lot of those buy games. And those buy games for programs like Troy and South Alabama and Louisiana Monroe Critical. Are, are what basically fuel their budget. What happens to those schools? And, you know, budgets have changed, obviously, a ton um, since I've been at the group of five level. But I remember, and this wasn't that long ago now, I remember when Freeze was the head coach at Arkansas State, so what's that, 10 years ago? Yeah. I remember sitting in a budget meeting at Arkansas State. And our entire athletics budget, and they, by the way, they have done, like when Terry Mahajer became the AD, who's now the AD at Central Florida, when he, I think he's one of the shining stars and ADs in the whole world. I, I, he's top five for me, and I don't even, I've never even met the guy. He's just that good. But when before he arrived there at Arkansas State, our budget was fourteen million dollars a year, and that ran every every program we had. I remember the next year, and I know, again, SEC networks come along and things have grown. When we came to Ole Miss the next year, our budget was sixty six million. Okay, but going back, when you're playing two games a year that are a million dollars a piece and you have a $14 million budget, I mean, you're, you're talking about over, you know, t- between 10 and 15% of your operating budget is coming from those games. And now some of those buy games are two and a half, three million Oh, yeah, they're getting crazy now. Yeah, sure. I remember we were like one of the first teams to ever play for a million bucks or something when we were at Arkansas State. But they're getting up there. Well, now the these group of five schools depend on these, uh, basically we call them can't-win games, uh, you play these games that you know you're going to get your teeth kicked in. You're going to go compete, and you may win one every 10 years. 
okay, like we did at <clears throat> South Alabama back in the day. Um, but you may win one every 10 years, but at the same time, that that's those are going away because going you're not going to have an you have a 20 team league you're not having it eight, with this old eight game nine game conference schedule it's going to be more like 10 11 we're going to have a conversation because essentially and you know I've talked about this off the air everything we're doing in college football right now we're going into an NFL model yeah. everything and now yeah. it's becoming the teams and the scheduling i mean you're basically having an AFC and an NFC yeah. that's what we're going to yep and so you can call it what you want to. It's either we're, we're leading to the next thing is going to be college football playoff expansion. How about this? This is another thing nobody's talked about. And I, I brought this up today. Uh, we were in our office. We were meeting. And thank you, Brennan. I see you called me in the middle of my thing, and I didn't have my deal. All. And by the way, Brennan, I saw your chat in there. You kissed <laughs> kiss my ass, but I, love, <laughs> but I do love you. Uh, Brennan Chapman, one of my favorite people of all time, by the way. Um, uh, but anyway, the, the big issue is going to be is these teams that are scheduling cupcakes for four weeks, yeah, and then they're going two and six in the league to get the bowl games. Yeah, what's going to be the new bowl game number? How's a twenty-team league going to get to get teams to a bowl game? I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what you're going to have. Great years. I'm talking about like epic years. Well, you're six and six. Well, so I think a twelve-team playoff is absolutely inevitable. Maybe even a sixteen-team playoff at this point. Where you have one play sixteen, two fifteen, all make it yeah. basically a sixteen team basketball regional. Imagine that bracket, you know. Love it. I'm all for it. Put them all in there. I don't care. I'm all for a big ass playoff. I don't know what happens with bowls now. The bowls have all been TV generated deals, it's over. and and yeah, that's what I think. And so now, what I think is coming is that look, ESPN is going to want programming in December because they want to put something on the TV for, for us football crazy nuts to watch because we'll watch anything, they've, and they've proven that, even though there's nobody in the stands and we're all sitting there going, hey, man, this is awesome, Toledo against Navy or whatever for the Camellia Bowl, and we're like watching this, and there's six people in the stands. I think they still show those games, and they still have those games, and what are the league tie-ins and stuff? I don't know, but at, more and more you're going to see teams – and I'm kind of thinking about this as we go through because this was this is what might be the beauty of the show or the worst part of the show is that we'll <laughs> we'll ramble on. After a 12 or 13 game season, where you've played nothing but SEC and Big Ten competition, basically, how much appetite are you going to have left if you're seven and five or six and six or whatever? How much appetite are you going to have left to play a bowl game? How many players are you going how to many, have left? How, well, and, and, the, and the kids that are on the team, how many of those guys are going to want to play a game? The ones that are that are preparing for the draft are all going to opt out. Yeah, there's going to be opt-outs. It's the same thing that goes on with bowl games now anyway. If you're not in the college football playoff, the players are opting out, right? So the same thing is going to happen. But I guess my point is, is if you got – you know, it's already hard enough to get to a bowl game when you got a 14-team league. All right, when you're adding conference games, you're taking away two basically guaranteed wins. Sure. At least you're at least playing a ten game conference schedule with twenty teams. I'll, t- and I'll, I'll tell you what it means for coaches. Yeah, you're going to get your ass fired. You're getting fired. Yeah, I got so, out at the right time. Coaches, you did. There's no question you did. I mean, we'll talk about this on. I guess we're going to tape on Tuesday again. You know this better than I do because you know all these people. I know a few of them, and they all tell you the same thing. And people are like, ah, cry me a river. And I get that. I get the fans saying, cry me a river. I get it. I one thousand percent understand the guy that's making. $60,000 a year, and he's trying to piece it together at the end of every month, looking at a coach making $2.5 or whatever, going, 
oh, you don't like recruiting. You don't like calling kids. But what the, what's happened with the coaching business, and again, I'm preaching to the choir here, <laughs> is it's gone from because I remember what you and I were going to talk about. We're going to talk about July. How July yeah. is a weird month for coaches because it's the last chance you get to kind of take a breath. Maybe the only chance these days. And that's not good. And now, even in July, it's 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 really you don't even have that anymore because it's you get a break and you force yourself to take a break. But now with the transfer portal, with NIL, that's constant. Um, and now with going into a season where here beginning soon, you're going to have to really, really structure your preseason camp. You can't go have the preseason camp that's wild and crazy and you get 10 guys hurt because now you're about to play a killer schedule. You're not going to play Central Arkansas or Central New Mexico State. You're, 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 nope, nope, nope. You're playing Iowa instead. You're, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not playing southeastern Louisiana. You're, you're playing Michigan State. You got those games instead. So you've it's going to make it pretty difficult, I think. The job gets harder. And like you said, you take a couple of easy wins away, and instead of starting the season five and oh, you start the season three and two. And now you head into the the slate and the losses come and the fans want you fired and you get canned. That's what's coming. That'll I think that'll be early. The other thing that's gonna happen is there's not gonna be as many uh hot name coaches either. Because the the coaches that are hot, they're not going to be able to go get four straight wins versus nobody state, and then win two games or you know an upcoming program win eight or nine games and get gone. I mean, it's going to be. I mean, you're talking about good football programs that are going to. I mean, just think about the SEC. Let's pick. Let's pick a mid tier SEC team. Well, the ones that come to mind immediately are Kentucky, South Carolina, Arkansas. Those are the three. All right, so let's take let's take South Carolina for example. Okay. Okay. You got a twenty team league, right? Mm Hmm. And you're playing ten conference games, and they just roll out the schedule this year. And guess who you got this year? You got Texas, you got Oklahoma, you got A and M, you got Alabama, you got Georgia, you got Clemson, dude. You're zero and six before you even get started. Georgia, I mean, let's. I mean, you understand what I'm getting at? Yes, yeah, sure. I mean, you don't have those four games to kind of okay. We're four and zero. Sure. Let's take a deep breath and let's go play our you know mid our okay Big Ten team and try to get another non conference win before we get into the grind. Yeah. I mean, you're not playing. You're you're going you're going into the damn death row now. I mean, it's going to be something serious from a coach's standpoint. But when it comes to July, and you were talking about, I don't mean to get off topic, but, you know, July, every year, it kind of vacation kind of gets shorter. You know, the, the uh, I would say 99% of the coaches, this is something I noticed this year, doing what we're doing. So right now is like the deadest of dead week I'll have. But, you know, I talked to two programs this week that the recruiting staff was already back getting ready for camps and getting ready, you know, putting camp data in, things like that. And I'm like, guys, and I tell them, when you, <laughs> when you get off, get off. Get, get, get out of here, you know, because you're going to burn out. But that's happening to coaches too. And What's fueling that? The uh, portal. And it's not – I shouldn't say the portal. I'm going to stop saying that. It's not the portal. It's the immediate eligibility. The portal's been the portal for years. It's the immediate eligibility, being able to get guys, uh, NIL, you know, um, being at, thinking you're in it on a kid. Which can we stop calling it NIL, by the way? Can we just call it what it is? What's that? It's pay for play. Oh, 100%. It's not, this is not about name. People just say NIL like it's just some moniker and it doesn't mean anything. Like SEC stands for Southeastern Conference, right? It stands for something. NIL stands for name, image, likeness. These guys aren't getting paid for name, image, likeness. They're getting paid to come play. 
We, I, I'm fine with that, by the way. 1,000% fine with it. But name image likeness was not, this was not what this was meant to be. Name image likeness was meant to be, hey, look, if you end up being a really good player and we're selling your jersey in the bookstore, you're going to get a cut of it. Hey, if we end up having EA Sports comes back and with, with the game. and That's how it all started. And little number 32 is running around on the field and he happens to look just like you because he is you, we're going to give you a cut of it. That's what name image likeness is. Name image likeness was supposed to be, hey, look, if, if Joe's Body Shop downtown wants to put you on a billboard, you get compensated for it. Name, it, image, likeness is, is what – we have a couple of shows, the Mason Brooks show, the right. Troy Brown show. They're, they're sponsored by businesses. Shouldn't right? Should have never existed. That's what name, image, likeness is. When a kid's just getting $8 million to come play, oh, yeah, he might have a couple of speaking engagements or some stuff. <laughs> they got to go sign something at the ice cream store. That's not name, image, likeness, and I'm fine with it. Just call it what it is. Call it pay for play, call it salary, call it compensation. I'm cool with it. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for the kids getting paid. I know you and I probably disagree on that a little bit. I'm all for the kids getting paid. They, 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 they play a violent game. They make a ton of money for the universities. People come. 100,000 people show up at Neyland Stadium to watch Tennessee play whoever. They're, they're there to watch the kids. Correct. They're there to watch the kids. The other stuff is there, and it's cool. But at the end of the day, they're there to watch the kids play football, and football's a violent game, and people can get hurt, and your career can end in a, in a moment. And if you're the quarterback at UT, or you're the quarterback at Alabama, or you're the quarterback at Missouri, and you have an opportunity to cash in, you have a very small window for most guys. Not everybody's going to – there aren't that many Bryce Youngs. You have an opportunity to cash in. You should cash in. You're K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas right now. You know, is K.J. going to be an NFL quarterback? Probably not. Is K.J. a pretty good SEC quarterback? He is. He put up really Damn good numbers good. last year. Yep. So if you're K.J. Jefferson and you're the, head, you're the starting quarterback at Arkansas and you just won nine games, you have a window here to cash in because you're making money for Arkansas. I mean, I, when, when my daughter was a freshman at Arkansas, there was no one at the damn games. Nobody. And last year we went to one game, first game we've been to since she's been there, and it was full. Well, that's because they're winning, and that's because they, they were playing better and they were uh, – uh, you understand what I'm getting at. Yes. So I'm all for K.J. Jefferson cashing in. I'm all for him getting paid. But if K.J. Jefferson is just getting money to play football, which I'm for, great. Call it what it is. It's not name, image, likeness unless it's K.J. Jefferson saying, hey, you should come out and buy a Honda from Joe's Honda. <laughs> That's name, image, likeness. I'm sick of it, man. I mean, It kind of bothers me a little what did, bit. What did you call it before back in our NIL day? What, what, what did you call it back then? Pay for play. Pay for play. It was just illegal. Now it's legal. <sighs> kind of. It's legal enough because the NCAA is not going to do anything about it. Do you know what it was? I've thought about this for the last couple months. Just while I'm on the beach drinking a Miller Lite. Not a sponsor. It'd be great if y'all wanted to be, though. Yeah. Um, you can reach us, by the way. Yeah. I'm easy available. Um, but back in the day, see, I'm going to try not to get anybody thrown in jail right here. Back in the day, the old school pay for play, mm -hmm. there was a salary cap. Now we don't have a salary How cap. Was there, oh, this is fascinating. How okay. was there a salary cap? Because, again, I'm going to try not to get anybody thrown in jail. Okay. So, yeah, let me think how I'm going to put this. All right. So, back in the day, teams had a certain allotment of coin that they could spread around. Okay. Allegedly, this is just what I've heard. There was a budget. This is rumors, by the way. This is allegedly. There was a budget. 
They would pe- boosters would raise a certain amount of money, and that was your budget. Allegedly, right? So you would go. I need to make sure I say that. Um, and so if I needed to go, well, I'll cover the SEC for a while. It's yeah, not allegedly. Yeah. It's just the way it was. Um, nowhere I've ever been, by the way. I, right? Of course no, not. Of course no, not. of course not. But let's say there was a player, a really good player, really good player. Yeah. You. You could go and like, okay, let's say everybody kind of had their salary cap, but hey, this this other really good team is mm. only going to pay this kid a hundred grand. Maybe you only had three hundred or four hundred grand to work with, but I could go spend three hundred of my four hundred grand to go get that kid. Does that make sense? Like, sure, they weren't going to spend because they're going to go get other kids too, and they could get some kids for cheap or whatever. But there was a certain amount of money that everybody kind of had, and you knew who had what. And you knew who was going to spend what on what. And you could finagle things. Allegedly, that's what I heard. Brennan, if he's still on here, Brennan, could, <laughs> Brennan don't say anything stupid. Um, Brennan has dropped the alleged, he, by he the could, way. He, he just, could give two shits. Brent, I love him. Though. Brennan just makes the allegations Let me say now. something. I love me some Brennan. <laughs> I Chapman, do, too. He's a good dude. fucking great dude. Great guy. Anybody, like, you know, I had to get on him about his Twitter once in a while. Like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? But, you know, he, he – <laughs> love him. But – but there was a salary cap, right, that everybody kind of had, okay, look, I got the X amount of dollars, but look, this really good player, this other big school's only going to pay him X amount. I could go over the top and go get him. Now, you ain't going to have any money from anybody else. Right. But you go get that guy, right? Or you could go get you a bunch of dudes for a little, little lesser price, if that makes sense. Right, sure. Well, now, shit, everybody's got, I mean, everybody's got $10 million now. I mean, hell, go buy the damn world. You know, and, and more, play, more teams that were not participating in the salary, like, now there's no salary cap. Now you got teams that are spending like crazy amount. I'm talking about insane amounts of money. Like there are like long snappers that are <laughs> they're going to make more money than like five star defensive tackles cost five years ago. You know Stop. what I mean? I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not joking, being funny about long snappers, okay. but I'm just saying the average price for a guy sure is going so up there. That it's like, and then if you can't compete, well, it's like Ryan Day at Ohio State was giving these prices, and what I was thinking to myself as he was doing it, we, it was all this shock and awe on social media. I'm like, God, I've heard numbers a lot bigger than that. Oh I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, he saw about one million dollars for an offensive tackle. I'm like, God, I've heard more than that. You know, I mean, it's it's like, but it's all above board now. And I saw, sure, an, I saw an article, uh, which I love me some Mark Stoops, by the way, quick you client. I love me some Mark Stoops though. And he said something in an article today that I read that he, you know, he was trying to kind of do the same thing, talking about collectives and things like that, and and basically they're illegal and think, you know, all the stuff he was going on about. But the one thing he said that kind of caught me, I was like, you know, he was like, "Hey, collectives are illegal." And what does that tell you? If you're if you're bitching about collectives, he's doing one of two things: he either got beat by a collective, or he needs his collective to step up, step up the, step up the deal and get and get some money in. Which is about ninety percent of the FBS right now. Yeah, if not more. Yeah, you got what ten schools running wide open? I'd have to count them out, but I know who they are. But I just had to count them. But you roughly what I mean, ten schools one, wide two, ass three, open? Three, four, five, about six to eight. Yeah, somewhere in there that are running wide ass open. Yeah, wide open, sure. Um, and and I apologize for my language. I'm like that from time to time. Uh, you've got you've got the rain in you now. You, I got the rain. You rolling. just you're rolling. You got the rain rolling. That's what I'll do to you. Um, don't go to church after you drink rain. <laughs> um, or you may need to go to church. Yeah. Uh, but the at the end of the day, when you're trying to get things on the same plane, NIL is not like you're, there. There are places that were doing very well pre NIL in the budget game that are getting 
murdered right now because what they're able to get NIL-wise is not much more than what they were getting under the table-wise, however you want to call it. And the prices have gone up. It's inflation, man. I mean, it's 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 crazy to me how much these kids are getting compared to what they used to get. So we're going to dive into NIL next week yep. pretty hardcore. Uh, we'll, we'll close with this. How much do you think, because you said NIL is driving this, how much do you think for some of these schools that are thinking about jumping to new leagues, jumping into one of these two superpowers, and it's clear the SEC and the Big Ten now are these superpowers. Correct. Not that there's reluctance. Don't get me wrong. You have no choice but to do If you can get in, you have to get in. But behind the scenes, how much are they having to say to themselves, okay, if we get into this, like i, I give you an example. I was talking to Kerry Murdoch the other day. Covers Oklahoma for Soonerscoop.com. Does a great job. And I was asking about, you know, does Oklahoma feel some urgency to get into the SEC? And he said, no. I'll tell you why. And I was curious by that because I was like, you know, I would think you'd want to jump in, right? You're Oklahoma. You're so ready to play Alabama and Georgia and LSU. And for the sexiness of it, the, the high profile of it, you know, instead of playing Kansas State, you go play Tennessee, right? I mean, you know, sexy. I mean, you suddenly you're in the at the big kid table. Um, I mean, you're sitting at the adult table at Thanksgiving. I mean, you're right there next to you know Aunt Jane. I mean, you're you're no longer sitting over there around the kid thing where your knees are too high and the dogs right under you trying to eat your turkey. I mean, you're 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 at the big table with the fancy napkins and stuff. I mean, this is cool. He's like, no, they're not in a hurry. And I said, why? And he said, because they're not ready. They're not ready. The roster's not ready. The network's kind of not ready. There's a lot that's got to get done, so they kind of need the time. So if you're one of these schools that's getting ready to jump in with the big boys, to sit at the big table, and you don't exactly know which knife you're, which fork you're supposed to pick up and how this all works, you know, you're not ready. You need a little time at, at, at etiquette training, among other things. How much are you thinking about, hey, when we get in this, this league, I mean, we've got to be able to compete with these guys. We, we, if we, we're going to have to – you know, Tennessee's paying $8 million for a quarterback. Uh, Texas just landed Arch Manning. Um, stuff's going on. We're not operating that way. And if if we don't operate something close to that, we're going to get killed. How much is that happening behind the scenes in those conversations? A little. I mean, the, the team, as long as it's geographical, going back when I'm talking, North Carolina knows how to play the game. I mean, North Carolina, I mean, they're they're in the same, they're recruiting the same kids, and they always have been. You know, Clemson's been recruiting the same kids. They know what the game is. You know, they understand sure. it. And I think it's in the southeast uh, more often than not. But, I will, But you know, recruiting was just – and I think we talked about this on a show before. Recruiting was so different on the West Coast before yeah. Mario got to Oregon. And Mario went out there and basically took the SEC approach to Oregon and was cleaning house because – That's what Dan Lanning's doing now at Dan Oregon. Dan Lanning is killing it. Yeah. All right, and guess what? Lincoln Riley's going to do the same thing now. He can recruit. Yeah, he's sure. A, he's a ball coach. He sure. can recruit. And so you're getting a more aggressive style, and I will not – For you couldn't pull this out. I mean, this is something I will never tell on here. But, like, I remember going – I'm on the road, and I was wearing this red and blue shirt that had this Ole Miss thing on it. Gotcha. I was on the road, and I, we were recruiting a kid, and uh, may or may not be from Montgomery, Alabama. And I go in there – and I'm there to see the kid. Well, I'm in there. I'm in my slacks. I'm in my, you know, just how you do it. You know, got my mm-hmm. Cole Hans on, my slacks, my 
my collared shirt. Like sure. every other coach in America comes in there. Sure. Then a rather large Pac-12 school, not Oregon and not uh, USC, comes in to recruit the same kid while I'm there. He's wearing shorts, flip-flops, untucked T-shirt, and has his kids with him while he's recruiting. No, this is – the kid ain't going. I mean, the kid's like, you know, I, I mean, what the – he said, what the – is this guy doing? Yeah. I mean, and don't you don't even get taken seriously. So it was so different. Now, that works on the left coast. You go out there, and I, I'm a fish out of water. It's the same thing. When I, go, when I went out to the uh, California recruit, I mean, there was nothing. I mean, traffic, no. The only thing that was cool about the, out there was uh, In-N-Out Burger. That was, about the, that was about the best part of that trip. But you go out, everything's just, it's different. It, it, the cultures are different. That's the way to go about culture and mm-hmm. things like that. Sure. So I say all that to say this is it's not so much, they know what goes on. They're not, they're not ignorant to what goes on in recruiting. The coaches aren't. But it's, it's a different tempo, and it's a different sense of urgency. And if you're not ready NIL-wise, because that's what it's all about now. I mean, you can go, um, I think he was actually in the chat earlier. Um, we had a, an SEC recruiting guy that was in here earlier uh, that runs recruiting somewhere. Um, uh, <laughs> just what Brendan said. He says, I do not recall. Brendan says, I do not recall. <laughs> he, you know, that's, uh, he's, that's the most, I told him that's the four most important words in the recruiting process is I do not recall. Yeah, when they come to ask you questions, yes, I do not recall. I do not recall. What's your name? I do not recall. <laughs> um, so, but anyway, long story short is you got to be ready to, you got to be ready to jump into it more of a recruiting standpoint. But anyway, what I was getting at earlier is, I had a conversation with this guy. I said, hey, we're doing this new podcast today. Jump in there. He's like, I'm coming in. He came in earlier. Is He's like, man, I'm finishing second and third. I said, I'm leading the nation in second, finishing second and third right now on kids. I said, well, there's, there's two ways to fix that. One is to win, and two is to pay a lot of money. Yeah. That, that's how you fix it. And maybe not in that order. Allegedly. Because, I mean, we're chicken and the egg at this point. Oh, there's no doubt. But th- those are two ways you're going to fix recruiting these days. Winning and money. Hey, where's Grind from, by the way? Uh, Mobile. Grind, you're from Mobile? Yeah. He can't respond he, he right can, now. We can get him on. How much of a delay time. are we on? Uh, a little bit, 20 seconds or so probably. I got that. you. Yeah. I, want, I need to know what, where, what does Grind claim in Mobile. You know that? I don't know, but we can get him on. He's an Auburn fan. I, I see that. I saw all the Harson comments. Grind, you got you to gotta take care of my boys at Auburn, man. Quick you clients. All right, we're going we're gonna to finish it. We're going to tease this. We're going to tease for Tuesday's show. Because Ben Summerford has a question in the chat. It's really good. It says, Tyler, on a podcast a year ago, you said you could get a championship team for $8.5 million. $100,000 for all 85 players. What do you believe it would cost now? So think about that. We'll get that answer on Tuesday. We'll talk about what it would take today, what's changed in one year. And then I'll add to this. How has the price in the transfer portal changed in one year? Oh, good question. Because I've, I've heard that it's changed quite a bit. So we'll get into that. We'll talk NIL on uh, Tuesday. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Certainly appreciate everybody who jumped into the, uh, into the chat. We'll be back once a week throughout the month of July and then starting in, uh, in August, which is not that far away, about three and a half weeks. In August, we'll, uh, we'll be t- with you twice a week as we get ready for the season. And then, of course, when the season rolls around, we'll be full speed ahead and we'll, we'll jump into that. Again, our thanks to the people at Rain. Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, and zero sugar. It's got what you need 
to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. So for Tyler, go ahead. Yeah, hey, real, real quick, guys that haven't listened to my show, uh, look, I want to tell it like it is. I want you guys to have fun. Let's participate in the chat. You got things you want to know, let's ask. I just, I will not incriminate myself or my friends. Uh, but look, I want to tell it, you know, that's one big thing that uh, I want to do here is just kind of peel back the curtain a little bit and let's just tell them how it is. You know, they may have, may or may not know what had happened, but we can confirm it and we can talk about it and that's what we're going to do. So appreciate you guys for tuning in and uh, let's go from there. Yeah. So again, thanks to everybody in the chat. For uh, Tyler, I'm Neil. Talk to you again next week. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.